Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Harbin, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We are back, and the Steelers are back as well. I've talked about this now for the last few shows, but it's worth repeating, my goodness. How great is it to finally have football back? I don't care if it's football in shorts. I don't care if they haven't put pads on. I don't care if they haven't been tackling yet. It's actual football to talk about. And that's exciting. And you should be excited too. And what what else you should be doing is making sure that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And on top of that, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you subscribe and follow. Do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. Because folks, I want to lay this out for you. Okay, I want to lay this out. This came directly from Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. I said, Brian, I want dates for when these new shows are going to start. Because it's not just my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride. For my Ride or Die crew, I love you all. You all never miss a show. You're loyal as loyal comes. You're as loyal as a Cleveland Browns fan. And I know we hate Browns fans, but boy, are they loyal. I mean, they've been through a lot, and they're loyal. So my Ride or Die crew, you all are loyal. It's not just about my show Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's about the the live mic on Tuesday. It's about the, the Stat Geek on Thursday with Dave Schofield. It's about all of our afternoon shows. I've gone over them a million times. It's now these new shows at noon. We're going to be running shows 30 minutes in length. That's it. At noon. Maybe it's at your lunch hour. Maybe it's on the ride home. Maybe it's you know whenever you can fit it into your schedule. These shows are going to be great. And the one thing I've I've said this before, and I had Brian on a few weeks ago, every single show is going to be unique. So on Wednesday, July 28th, that's this Wednesday, is when the Steelers Fantasy Fix with Jeremy Betts is going to debut. You'll have to check it out. It'll run, I believe it's going to be at noon um, on Wednesday. It's I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the content based on the fact that I'm not a traditional fantasy football guy but I'm a daily fantasy football guy. So while I don't play the traditional, whether it's ESPN, Yahoo, NFL, whatever, um, NFL.com, I love FanDuel. And so I'm going to be listening because I want to I want to get some information. I suggest you do the same. On July 31st, 
is when the Steelers Power Half Hour with the Ohioans comes out. That's exciting. I can't wait for that. And they're going to be bringing a really unique twist to some power rankings and stuff like that. Then we have on the cutting room floor, that is Jeffrey Benedict's solo show. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I'm excited. August 10th is when this is going to debut. And then on August 20th, what Yin's talking about is going to debut. And that's going to be after the Steelers' first game. They're going to really tackle what social media is buzzing with as it relates to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you might be wondering, well, Jeff, that's only four shows. Monday through Friday, five days, four shows. Where is the other one? It's Maddie Peverell's show, The War Room. We already run that, but that's worth noting that it's part of that lineup. So make sure you check that out. I'm excited. You should be excited too. But that's not all I'm going to talk about today. Uh, with that news out of the new stuff out of the way, it, Steelers training camp. Steelers training camp, my goodness. Uh, it's only four days old, but you know what? It is. It's starting to hum a little bit. They're really starting to get some news going, and it's only going to ramp up. The team does not have practice today on Monday, uh, and then they're back on Tuesday. Tuesday, they go to Heinz Field. Wednesday is the first padded practice, and that is the first day that fans can watch training camp since 2019. I know it's not at Latrobe. I know it's not at St. Vincent College, but fans will be in seats at Heinz Field to watch training camp and I'm excited for that. I've I've had several members of my ride or die crew that have messaged me, emailed me, and said, "Hey Jeff, me, my family, the kids. I'm going by myself. Doesn't matter. We're going to be at this training camp practice or these two training camp practices." And I've asked them, "Hey, send me some video, get some photos. I'd love to use them in my recap articles." And they said they're going to do that. So that's pretty awesome. But I want to talk about. In today's, in today's podcast, have we learned anything about the Steelers so far in camp? I mean, think about that. It's only four days in. Have we learned anything about the Steelers so far? Now, for the realists out there, they, they shrug their shoulders. They roll their eyes and say, oh, Jeff, no, we haven't learned anything about the Steelers. Are you serious? What can we learn from only four practices? What can we learn from no tackling? What can we learn from no pads other than helmets? And I get it. I really do. But at the same time, I, who do the recap articles and the recap podcast, I think that there is something that we've learned about the Steelers. And maybe what that is, is not about the team, but about individuals. Let me say that again. I think that what we've learned about the Steelers, even so far in this young training camp, is not necessarily about the team. For instance, I'm not suggesting that what we've learned is that the Steelers, are their offense is going to be lethal and they're going to be... Uh, 14 and 3 or 15 and 2 or anything like that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that what if we are learning about specific individual players? And that's where I'm going to go with this podcast today. But before we get to that, I think it's worth noting that so far in camp, everything has been geared up towards the Hall of Fame game. The Hall of Fame game that's going to happen Thursday, August 5th in Canton, Ohio against the Dallas Cowboys. There, I mean, you've heard Mike Tomlin talk about this ad nauseum. He talks about the quarterbacks and who's getting the work and who's getting uh, more reps with the ones and the twos. It's based on who is going to be starting in that Hall of Fame game. 
It's about the offensive line. Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle, Kendrick Green at center. They're getting the majority of reps. Why? Because they want, they're going to be the ones that are going to be starting in the Hall of Fame game. That is where everything has been going in terms of teamwork, team drills, uh, team sessions. They want to get the players that are going to be playing a lot, getting significant reps in the Hall of Fame game. They want to get them repetitions. I have to think, before I move on to these individual players, I have to think that some of these players are probably going to be really, really nervous going into this preseason, going into these games, even the Hall of Fame game. Is Ben Roethlisberger going to be nervous? No, he's probably not even going to dress. But is someone like Antoine Brooks Jr. nervous? Maybe. Is someone like B.J. Finney nervous? I would think so. And Think about B.J. Finney just in general. Here's a guy that was an undrafted rookie out of Kansas State from the Pittsburgh Steelers, his childhood, his favorite team. He turns his backup time there at center and guard into a lucrative contract with the Seattle Seahawks. He never even plays a snap. He It just doesn't work out, and he gets cut. The Cincinnati Bengals pick him up, and he doesn't even play there, and he gets released again. The Steelers bring him in. This is his maybe his one and only shot at making another roster. Can he do it? Or is he going to let a rookie, Kendrick Green, beat him out? These are the things that are going to put pressure on players. Think about a player like Justin Lane, who's a cornerback, who Steven Nelson's gone, just recently signed Sunday with the Philadelphia Eagles for one year. I believe it was about $4 million. So Steven Nelson's gone. There is an opening at that outside linebacker. I'm not outside linebacker. Outside cornerback position. Can he take that job and say, Cam Sutton, you, you were signed, but they, they, they're going to use you on the inside. Can he do it? I have to think that some of these players that were drafted last season are just chomping at the bit to get an opportunity to show extended repetitions. Carlos Davis, Anthony McFarland. These guys didn't have a preseason last year. And so that is going to be big. These games are going to be big, and we're going to talk about in the second half of the show this preseason. Will it be a good test? We'll talk about that. But let's get into these individuals. So I said earlier, I don't think we've learned anything really about the team, but I do think we have learned, even in this small sample size, a lot about certain individuals. And I broke this down four on defense, four on offense, and I'm going to just go one by one talk about the player, why I feel like we've learned something about it, and we're going to hash this out together. So I'm going to start on defense. I want to start on defense. So one of the individuals that I feel like we've learned about is Antoine Brooks Jr., someone I brought up. Sixth-round pick out of Maryland, 2020 NFL draft. And I I have to be honest here. I didn't have really high expectations for Antoine Brooks Jr. coming into 2021. This is a player that did not make the team out of training camp last year. He was cut, didn't get picked up. They signed him to the practice squad. He ends up getting elevated, and he sticks with the 53-man roster for the rest of the season. But now, all of a sudden, they have him being the heir apparent, their words, the media's words, not mine, the heir apparent to Mike Hilton. He had a tremendous interception earlier in camp of Ben Roethlisberger. Keep that in mind. It wasn't Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or Joshua Dobbs. It was Ben. And now all of a sudden, he did get banged up a little bit on Sunday's workout. They said it's not serious. He's considered day-to-day. He should be fine. But still, Antoine Brooks Jr., my goodness, 
we've learned something about this guy, but not just what we've learned about him. We've learned about how the Steelers are planning on utilizing him. Maybe I never thought it as a safety when they drafted him. I was told that, you know, he was a box safety, loved to play the line of scrimmage. He did it well. Um, Didn't think that he was athletic enough to play the slot, but we'll see. We shall see. Arthur Millette's going to get a shot, especially if Brooks is out for a little bit. So we'll see. But Anton Brooks Jr., we have learned a lot about him as an individual. Cam Sutton. Maybe not so much Cam Sutton, but how the Steelers are going to utilize him. We know Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton's a veteran at this point, just signed a new contract, his second contract in the NFL uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Tara Lawson spoke with media on Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday, and he said that the plan right now is for the Steelers to keep Cam Sutton on the outside. That's the plan. He said that can change if, if there's someone like James Pierre or Justin Lane that step up. Then they'll move Cam back into the inside. He can play the nickel. He can play the dime. We'll see. But as of right now, the, the Steelers' plan, and we've all wondered this throughout the offseason, how are they going to utilize Cam Sutton? Right now, he's opposite Joe Hayden as the as the number two cornerback or the other cornerback. And say maybe I don't want to maybe number them one and two. Here's another player on the defensive side of the ball, Robert Spillane. Now, if I were to have written an article and I didn't do this, I, th- I thought about it. I thought it was in poor taste, and that's why I didn't do it. If I would have written an article that said these and then number or let's say uh, four players that benefited from the retirement of Vince Williams. Okay, so I could have written that article. It would have probably done great, and we probably could have gotten a lot of pages. But I said, you know what? No, Vince Williams has been good with our site. He's communicated with us. He's respected us. I'm going to give him the respect. And so Robert Spillane would have been one of those players that benefited from the retirement of Vince Williams. He's learned a lot. He's spoken highly of Vince Williams, but he is now, and the, the first depth chart was released. I don't put too much stock into that, but it's it's out there. Robert Spillane is now starting next to Devin Bush. And I think everyone thinks about Robert Spillane, and the first thing they think of is that hit on Derrick Henry. And how can you not? My goodness, you could probably count on one hand the number of defenders that have met Derrick Henry in the hole in the National Football League and caused him to go backwards. You could probably count it on one hand. And Robert Spillane is on that hand. He is one of those players. And so that's what I think of. When I think of Robert Spillane, I think about that guy, him meeting him in the hole, that thud that we all heard last season in Tennessee. And it, it was a memorable play. What else is there to say? But he's he is turning into someone. Mike Tomlin has spoken highly of him, his preparation. And when you think about his body of work, even last season, he is turning into someone that is more than just a run stopper. He is turning into someone that is more than just a one trick pony, so to speak, to steal Mike Tomlin's verbiage when he used to describe Mike Wallace. It was Robert Spillane's interception the other day at camp that said, oh my gosh, how can anyone forget the fact that Robert Spillane intercepted Lamar Jackson pick six at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore last season to kind of put the icing on the cake for the the Steelers in, in terms of the defense and their performance. It was such a good game for them. Robert Spillane, we've learned about him. The Steelers plan on utilizing him a lot, and I think he's ready. I think he's ready for that role, and so that's going to be exciting to watch. The last defender, and then we'll take a break, Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram. And the reason I put Melvin Ingram on here is not that 
we need to learn much about Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram has tape out there, folks. You just have to go look at it. You can go to YouTube and search Melvin Ingram highlights, and you'll find plenty. But one thing about Melvin Ingram is people want to know how are they going to utilize him? How's he going to fit? Is he going to stay healthy? Is he healthy? Well, we found out that from the Melvin Ingram himself, as he spoke to media, that he's over the knee injury that he suffered last season. He feels like he's not just 100%, but 200%. I'm not sure how that works, but still, that's that's his words, not mine. And we also know that the Steelers are planning on utilizing him in more than just the past rushing role. He can play the outside. He can play the right and the left, which is tremendous. But they've also had him, and this is something that T.J. Watt's done in the past, and they also used to ask Vince Williams to do this, and that's to move to the interior, almost look like an inside linebacker, but he's going to be used to, to free up blockers, or I'm sorry, to free up pass rushers. He is going to be a very versatile tool. Can he stay healthy? Well, no one knows. We can't answer that question right now. But as of right now, Melvin Ingram, he's turning into a weapon for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021, and it's only been four days. Just wait till they put the pads on. All right, when we come back after this break, we're going to talk about four offensive players that we've learned a little bit about, and we're going to dive deep into the preseason. I know it's the preseason, but trust me, it's worth talking about. We'll be right back. Right after this break. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman. Big shout out to the Jerry Cherry Band for all the music that we have on all of our studio shows. Uh, Can't tell you how awesome it is that he's willing to say, hey, you can use whatever song you want. And I remember last season, he debuted a song. And I used it on my Let's Ride for a few weeks. And then now that's Dave Schofield's intro music for the Stat Geek. Um, Maybe we have some new music coming out. I don't know. I'll have to ask uh, old Jerry himself to see what he has going on. But let's get into, let's get back into what we were talking about. We talked about the defensive players that I feel we've learned a little bit about in this very small sample size of training camp. I said Antoine Brooks Jr., Cam Sutton, Robert Spillane, and Melvin Ingram. Those were the four. And then I came up with four offensive players that I felt we as fans have learned a lot about even in this short time at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. First, Dan Moore Jr. Big Dan. And no, we're not talking about Dan McCullers, but he's another big dude, a big human being with the name Dan. So everyone calls him Big Dan. And so Dan Moore Jr., he comes in and everyone's talking about him because he is getting time with the first team. It didn't take long for Mike Tomlin to say, listen, calm yourselves down. This is because of the Hall of Fame game. Don't read too much into it. Of course, people read too much into it, but still, Dan Moore Jr. has been making news outside of the fact that he was running with the ones. How? In blocking drills, he got into it. Camp scuffles have already broken out with two players, Isaiah Bugs. I wasn't surprised by that. Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis got into a little fisticuffs on the sideline last season in Baltimore, so I'm not surprised that Bugs is someone that's a little bit testy. The second player, though, Dan Moore Jr. might want to look in the mirror and say, did I make a good life decision today? And that's Cam Hayward. 
why anyone would want to test that man, that man, because he is a man. He is a strong man. I don't get it. So Dan Moore might need to look himself and say, Dan, if you want to have a long career, you might not want to poke the bear. Ask Quentin Nelson from 2018 what it's like when you see the bad end of Cam Hayward's encounter. So, but Dan Moore Jr., the thing about all this is, when you looked at like the scouting reports on Dan Moore coming out of Texas A&M, a lot of people said that he was a finesse player. Didn't have the aggressive streak. That he has the size, he has the skill set, but he's a developmental prospect. If I'm Dan Moore and I'm reading these things, oh my gosh, it's getting a fire under me like you would not believe. And I'm ready to go out and assert myself in front of the coaches and say, I'm not going to be pushed around by anyone. Not Bugs, not Tuit, not Hayward, not Alulu, not Wormley. It doesn't matter who you put in front of me. They're going to get my best. I have no problem with that. If it went too far, it went too far. It happens. I mean, anyone that's old enough to remember a young Antonio Brown who was a budding superstar literally getting into fights with Ike Taylor almost every single training camp practice. It was almost every single practice they were going toe-to-toe. The veteran Ike Taylor, the up-and-coming star in Antonio Brown, and they were butting heads. It happens. It happens. And Mike Tomlin always says it, iron sharpens iron. Dan Moore Jr., I learned a lot about him in this very short time based on the fact that he showed he's not scared of anyone. We'll see if it pans out because he's going to get a lot of reps during that Hall of Fame game. The next is Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green, has a, he's had an interesting camp. He did start with the starting starters. Um, he was not listed as a starter on the first depth chart. Don't read too much into that. The Steelers rarely ever have a rookie as a starter on the depth chart, although Najee Harris is the starter at running back. But Kendrick Green is going to get a lot of reps in that Hall of Fame game. He missed a day for personal reasons. I really want to see what the Steelers think of him by how they utilize him and how he responds. But Kendrick Green, the fact that they're even saying he's going to start, because do I need to remind everybody out there, J.C. Hassenauer, not proven. B.J. Finney, yeah, not proven. Kendrick Green, not proven as a rookie. They're giving the rookie the first shot. I would have no problem if they said B.J. Finney's going to get the start in the Hall of Fame game, and then Kendrick Green were going to work him in. Nope, Kendrick Green's getting the start. That's significant. All right, the next offensive player, Pat Fryermuth, second-round pick out of Penn State. This kid has been turning heads so far in training camp. He is his smooth route running, his tremendous athleticism, his ability to catch the football just on Sunday. There was a report he ran a wonderful fade route, caught it, toe-tapped in the back of the end zone. Some are saying a Travis Kelsey type. I think it's a little bit more of a Rob Gronkowski type. I don't think he's as athletic as Travis Kelsey. But anytime you're talking about that type of mold for a tight end, that's exciting. Because Heath Miller was great. And Heath Miller was probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest tight end in Steelers history. But Heath Miller was not uber athletic. He was he was a great blocker. He was a great pass catcher, but he didn't have the athleticism that someone like Fryermuth does. So that's exciting, and Fryermuth has been turning heads, but everyone always puts the caveat out there, let's wait and see until the pads come on. The one area that a lot of fans and a lot of media and a lot of scouts said, we're not sure how this will translate to the NFL, 
is his ability to block. It's his ability to block. And so will he be a player that Matt Canada in certain settings will say, I want Friar Muth on the field with not without Eric Ebron. That's going to be I'm going to be very fascinated to watch what kind of offensive sets and packages they're going to use. Um, are they going to deploy a lot of two tight end sets? Are they going to have Friar Muth out there without Ebron? Going to be something to watch. But Friar Muth so far has not disappointed. We'll put it that way. All right, last one for the offensive side is Trey Turner, the guard, right guard, filling in for David DeCastro. This guy's a veteran. You know, he was a pro bowler for the Carolina Panthers. He's been in a Super Bowl. He gets traded to to uh, the L.A. Chargers one season, riddled with injury, doesn't pan out, and he now all of a sudden he's a free agent. He finds his way in Pittsburgh. Just like Melvin Ingram, he is he's considered to be healthy now, and I really like everything that he's saying. As a veteran, their words matter to me. As a rookie, words don't matter. I don't need to hear you say it. I want you to show me that you can do it. But for a Trey Turner to say that he respects David DeCastro, that he understands that a lot of people were comparing him to David DeCastro. He said they're different players. David DeCastro was great. He's been saying all the right things. He shows a respect level for the players that went before me, him. And he's really excited to get an aggressive offensive line back in Pittsburgh. And that's what we all want. We want this team to be able to run the ball. We want this team to be more smash mouth. We want this team to be more physical. And the way the Trey Turner talks, that's where they're headed. And that's exciting. And so I've learned a lot about Trey Turner as he's a new player. He met with media on Sunday, and so that's awesome. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, what about special teams? You talked about defense, Jeff. You talked about offense, Jeff. What about special teams? Well, first and foremost, there's been no reports of special teams so far in training camp. And don't talk to me about that weasel boy Jordan Berry being the starting punter on the first depth chart. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Why do I not want to hear it? Because Jordan Berry, I mean, what do you, again, they're not just going to give the job to Presley Harvin. He's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to go out in the preseason and out punt Jordan Berry. I hate saying that. But if, if Presley Harvin, big press as I call him, if he goes out there and shanks punts, guess what? Weasel Boy will be right back where he was last year. That's just the facts. So I don't want to talk about special teams. I really don't. That depth chart really ticked me off, by the way. (laughs) All right, let's go to our final segment here. Will the preseason be a good test for the Steelers? And will it tell us anything? And let's go to, what did I just say? Will this preseason be a good test and will it tell us anything? Well, first and foremost, I think that having four preseason games is a plus for the Steelers. They're a team, I mean, think about the offensive line, just as an example. They have five players in new positions this year. They might be a new player, whether it's Trey Turner. They might be a rookie like Kendrick Green. They might be a second-year player like Kevin Dotson. Or maybe they're a Trey Turner, a new team at right guard, or a Chooksa Corfor who hasn't played left tackle since college, or Zach Banner who only played in three-quarters of a game last season as a starter. They could use all the practice they can get. I mean all of it. So when I look through this, let's go over these four games. First, the Hall of Fame game, August 5th versus Dallas. Are we going to learn anything in that game? Probably not. Probably not. If I'm being completely realistic, we'll look at depth. We'll focus on players like Shakur Brown and Lamont Wade. We'll watch those guys. 
but it, we're not going to learn too much. The second week, which is week one technically, the Pittsburgh Steelers go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, first and foremost, hey, this this got a little bit more interesting. Why? Steven Nelson's on the other side. And so the Steelers will be against Steven Nelson. Will he play? I don't know. But that defense is going to go in Jalen Hurts. I'm sure he'll play some in that first week, maybe not a lot. Will the Steelers see Ben Roethlisberger in that week one game? And remember, when I say week one, it's not their first game. It's the first week. Keep that in mind. So I think Philadelphia, their defense, too, will be a good test for Pittsburgh. I really do. Then we go to week two. The Detroit Lions come to Pittsburgh, which, by the way, the Steelers play the Detroit Lions in the regular season. It's weird to consider this, but you have to remember, this is this could be a typical preseason for Pittsburgh, in which case they use the Hall of Fame game as week one, as it was back in 2019. They use the week one game at Philly as week two. They use the week two game, which would technically be week three versus Detroit as week three, which would be like the final dress rehearsal, as we all call it. And that would be where Ben Roethlisberger plays a significant number of of snaps. They actually game plan a little bit. I don't know. This is all new. This is all new to to the Steelers, to the fans, to the media, everything. But let's also not forget that Jared Goff's on Detroit, and you have to wonder, since it's a regular season opponent, are they not going to do certain things? Are they going to be more bland on offense, more vanilla on defense? We'll have to see. It's all going to be interesting. But I think that the Lions as a team, I'm not expecting too much from them this season. I don't think they're going to be that great. They're going to be better than they were last season. But again, a lot of that hinges on Jared Goff. And can he turn the corner of his career and, and improve? We'll see. And then lastly, the final week, technically week three, but for the Steelers, they're week four at Carolina, August 27th. This is a game you won't see a lot of starters. I don't think Sam Darnold will be playing for the Carolina Panthers. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger will be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the player's last chance to make an impression. So is it a good test? Dallas, Philly, Detroit, and Carolina. That could be better. It could be better, but at the same time, you know, you're not going to complain about it either. You're not going to complain about it either. So, all right, folks, that about does it. Had a great weekend, by the way. Great weekend. I was back in my hometown of Wheeling, West Virginia, played in a golf tournament. My brother and I played. It's uh, a single man and, and a best ball tournament. Best ball finished, we finished third. So, we'll, we won some stuff. Um, overall, I didn't play as well as I wanted, but still finished in the top 15. My brother finished fifth. So we we had a good weekend, a good weekend. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope that you're ready for the upcoming week. I hope that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, let that be your outlet. Create a free account. Go to the bottom of any article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It'll say, do you have an account? If not, create one totally free, and then start commenting. Become a part of our community. And wherever you get your podcast, remember, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. We're literally everywhere. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. And that's it. I'm excited for the the next time we talk, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which will be Tuesday night on the Spotify Green Room app. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be back at training camp, and they'll be gearing up for their first padded practice. That's right. Pads will be popping. I'm excited. I can't wait. Okay, folks, you know how we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you on Tuesday or on Wednesday. Go Steelers.